0: Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Get myself sorted. Cool. Man, PPH, you guys are champions. My goodness, I didn't know that you were the only organisation offering life. To mums, I, th- I think that's just brilliant. That is so in the heart of God. Um, I am so privileged today to be speaking for our Mother's Day experience. This is such a great occasion, and I just want to begin by just honouring my mum and and my new mum as well. Um, since my new mum, so I got two mums now. For those of you who don't know, I'm married. Well, to you. Um, <laughs> 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 Surprise! Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded surprised. Anyway, you can tell that we're a very chilled and, and fun church. Um but Mums are brilliant. Um, my mum has never stopped affirming her love for me since the day I was born. Um, and she's just been an incredible source of strength and support for myself. Um, and, mum, my new mum, um, I just want to thank you so much for bringing me in and literally adopting me as one of your own kids. It does feel that way. Um, you've welcomed me so warmly into your family. And so, if you are appreciative and thankful for the mum sitting beside you or in your life, why don't we just give it up for them right now? Why Why don't we give them a big clap of honour. You guys are everyday heroes. (laughs) I said if you're sitting next to a (laughs) mum. What's going on? Anyway, (laughs) anyway. Yeah, you guys are our heroes and we love you so much. So we hope you feel welcomed um, and feel special and that you will um, head over to our pamper Zone afterwards. We'd love to give you a nice little neck massage and manicure, it'll be a real treat. But this week we are in the second week of our um, series called Nurture, Um, and so it's all about us growing and being nurtured by God and us growing up in our faith um, and in life in general, and I think it's really appropriate today that we talk about nurturing others because, hey, we're celebrating some of God's greatest nurturers for us, um, which are our mums, and so that's what we'll be talking about today today. Um, And, you know, I really believe that mums hold a very special place in the heart of God. And that's because God is the ultimate nurturer. He's the one that gives us the ability to nurture others. And because we are made in his image, we too have the capacity to be a nurturer to the people in our lives. And now I'm not just talking about mums, but dads too, male, female, young, and old. We all have this role, we all have this responsibility to be a source of nurture for people, whether it is um, to our spouse, whether it is um, to our siblings or to our children, or maybe it's the people that we lead and we disciple we all have that inbuilt um, uh, capacity to nurture people and so I want to talk about um, this today um, and and yeah just hopefully um, bring us on a journey of, of how we can be uh, be nurturers towards other people um, so in my experience, and I am only 25 yes but I do have some experience um, but I've experienced that there are very few things that will stop a person from nurturing and and being a source of nurture for others. If you think about new um, new parents when they take home that newborn baby, they're running on minimal amounts of sleep and, and apparently it's like uh, the equivalent to torture, um, yay something to look forward to um, but they're running on minimal hours of sleep they're cleaning up messes every hour and yet they are so driven there's just that thing in them that's like no I'm going to give this child everything that it needs to grow and to develop into a bigger human being um and right throughout and I've seen in my life as well that um even in those teenage and young adult years, um, parents still remain that source of nurture for you. You know, they'll stay up. My mum my and dad did this on several occasions with us. Um, but they would stay up to early hours of the morning just to make sure that we got home safe and sound. You know, they, were, they just wanted to make sure that we were being nurtured and that we were being um, safe and, and, yeah, and growing up well. Um But just like uh, anything else that we were created to do, really, um, we can sometimes find opposition. We can sometimes be stopped uh, by things. And and Nate actually spoke a brilliant message last week about these things that can stop us. And they are the messages that we allow into our heart that that can change the way that we see ourselves, that can change the way um, we actually see the way God intended us to be and created us to be. If we allow those messages in, they, they can actually stop us from living out the life that God wants us to live and, and everything he wants us to become. And so in this context of nurturing others this morning, I want to talk about a message that we so often leave unfiltered. And the message is comparison. You know, sometimes we allow this message of comparison to come in and, it's, and it changes the way that we do life and it can stop us in our tracks from being a source of nurture to other people. So in the next few minutes, That's what we're going to unpack. And so to do this, uh, if you do have your Bibles here, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel, um, chapter 17 and 18. That's where the account is found, but um, I'll just run you through it because it's a fairly long, long story. Um, But basically the story is about a king named Saul. Anyone familiar with King Saul? It's a name you kind of recognize, yep. Um So, in this account, King Saul has this young shepherd boy named David come into his um, come under his leadership. I guess in this account, um, we see King Saul has gone out to um, to battle to watch the battle um, as as a king would do he 'd go out and watch his army fight and so this day, the Israelites, which was king Saul 's people, um, they were facing their like ultimate arch enemies, um, the Philistines. And so David happened to be in the crowd as well amongst the soldiers, the Israelites. He wasn't a soldier though, he was just a shepherd boy. Like he was literally, I think he was like 10 or 12 or something like that. Um, But he happened to be there and he wasn't there to fight at all. He was just there with his brothers. But through a series of events, David finds himself on the battlefield, facing up against the Philistines, mightiest, fiercest warrior. His name's Goliath. And Goliath is actually a giant. So if you can picture this boy facing up against this giant, um, that's, that's what's going down right now. But the thing is, David managed to take Goliath down with, with one blow. Um, and immediately, he catches King Saul's attention. And so that's where the story is at. Um, uh, where we're going to begin to unpack it. Um, And so from there, what King Saul did was that he didn't even let that boy David go back to his father, go back to his household, say goodbye, and all of that kind of stuff. The Bible says that he immediately takes him in. And so I can imagine that um, because David was so young, King Saul would bring him in, bring him in as one of his own, um, nurture him, raise him up from this little shepherd boy, inexperienced soldier to one that he could trust with. The Bible says Saul actually gives David a thousand of his men. Um, He entrusts him with that. And so throughout that journey, Saul would have been nurturing him. He would have been raising him up. He would have been empowering him. He would have been training him to become this mighty man and this mighty warrior. And so this is where we pick it up in the story, um, where one day Saul is caught off guard. He, he forgets to, or <laughs> this could be his habit of, but he um, doesn't guard his heart. And so we're going to read from this passage um, just to see what happens. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 18, 6 to 9, and I think we've got that. Yeah, fantastic. All right, it says this, After David had killed the Philistine... He and the men returned home. Women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul. They sang songs of joy, danced and played tambourines and stringed instruments. As they played, they sang. Watch this. Saul has killed thousands of his enemies, but David has killed tens of thousands. The comparison. The women's song upset Saul and he became very angry. He thought the women say David has killed tens of thousands of enemies, but they say, I killed only thousands of enemies. The only thing left for him to have is my kingdom. So Saul watched David closely from then on. He was jealous of him. So we see, if you were to read the rest of King Saul's, um, I guess, life story in the Bible, you would see that he goes from bringing David in to a full-fledged manhunt. He goes after David because he wants to take his very life. He's jealous of him. He's compared himself to him, and he wants to remove David from the picture. His own sense of identity as king is threatened by him. And the thing is, the I guess um, when I was reading this story, I um, and it, it, I guess I'm very vulnerable in saying this, but this mirrored my life for a season. Um, I I struggled a lot with comparison, and um, and so I know the effects of it, and I can see um, just what was being. Um, I guess, played out in Saul's life, I I could see that being mirrored in my own life. And so um, it got to a point where um, God needed to change that in me. He had to deal with it. And so um, I'm just going to, I guess, go through a few myths that I myself um, fell victim to when it came to comparison. And, and I just hope that it will encourage you here who struggle with it as well, um, that it will help you find freedom in that area. And so one of the myths... Um, that I started to believe is that comparison doesn't affect the way we see ourselves or others. I think that we can get that up on the screen. Yeah, so this is one of the myths that I um, started to believe. I thought, oh, you know, um, comparing myself, it's harmless. And and I think in the world we um, see comparison and competition as a good thing. We see it as a motivator. We see it as, hey, if I can pit myself against that person and get um, one up on them, then, hey, I look better. I look like I'm successful. But the thing is... um, the, the thing is, comparison does the very opposite thing. It actually changes the way that we see ourselves and it's an incorrect view of how God would want us to see ourselves. In my personal experience, I found that when I compared myself to another person, I came back feeling... Um, uh, less valuable as a person and and it wasn't the way that God wanted me to see myself it was incorrect it was inaccurate um, but that's just what it led me to do and so the person that I'd be comparing myself to they also became someone they went from someone who I was um, put over to nurture them and to be a source of um, I guess mentorship over them but it turned them into becoming my enemy that they were my competition and so It... Comparison. when we let that in, when we let that message into our heart, it actually does alter the way that we see and we view ourselves and others. Um, For King Saul, um, when he accepted that, from then on, there was no way that he was able to see David with love. There was no way that he was able to see David as someone on his side. In fact, he thought, he he romanced it in his mind and thought that David was going to take over his kingdom. The way he thought about him and thought about himself completely shifted completely changed um, but the truth of the matter is and we've got Um, scripture. Psalm 139 um, actually tells us how we are supposed to view ourselves. It says this from verse 13 to 14. You made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's body. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well. The thing is God wants us to believe this about ourselves. This is what he says about ourselves. I've made you. You are incredible. I I don't make rubbish. I don't make useless things, insignificant things. But I make things that are full of potential and full of significance. But the thing is, when I started to compare myself with others, this was not at all how I thought about myself. And if you struggle with comparison, you can probably say the same thing for yourself. This is not how you see yourself. You don't see yourself the way that God sees you. And so the second thing, so comparison distorts our view of ourselves and of others. The second myth that we can sometimes believe is that comparison only stays as a thought, it only stays in our mind, and it doesn't actually come out in our actions, in our words, in our relationships. But that is a complete myth, that's a complete lie. Um, Pastor Nate touched on this last week um, about how our internal world, the way we think, the messages that are in our hearts, they come out through our actions. The, the the two are one and the same. They're completely linked. In Luke chapter six verse forty five it says A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of we see that with King Saul, the moment that he compared, there was a shift in his action. There was a shift first in his thinking, then in, in his actions towards David. He started to literally hunt after David and, and try to um, go after his life. And it's the same with us. What I found um, with my relationships, the ones that I should have been nurturing um, and partnerships I should have been forming for the kingdom of God, I was cutting them off. I was severing them and the potential that they had in them to bring glory to God. And that's what we do when we compare ourselves. We stop treating and seeing that person through the lens of love and we see them as competition and we just want to cut them off. And, and like I mentioned before, I am only 25, but I already live with regret. I already live with the regret that I should have been nurturing relationships, but instead I cut them off. Why? Because I allowed that message of comparison into my heart and so that's what it causes us to do so I want to ask you today what relationships what partnerships maybe there are some people in your world that you have been positioned by God you have been commissioned by God to sow into them to nurture them but you've cut them off because you've compared yourself to them I want you to ask yourself that. What relationships are you sabotaging when God has actually positioned you for something incredible? You see, with King Saul and David, they, they both went down in Israel history. They were famous, famous people. But together, what they could have done would have been far more greater than what they could have done alone. And so in our lives... What are we cutting off where God is actually saying, hey, I want to use that partnership, I want to use that relationship for my glory and to further my kingdom. So I guess I've unpacked a few myths this morning and the things that I I literally started to believe. I believed about myself and believed about other people um, and... Where that got me was a place of brokenness, of um, low self-esteem, of just I would believe all the lies that were spoken over me because that, that was just how I thought. I'd loud those messages in, and so that's what I thought of myself. But one day, I just got to a point where enough is enough. Um, comparison had so overtaken me. It, it spreads like wildfire when you let, when you let it in. Um, and so I was at that breaking point point. And so this is when I invited God in, and I wish I had done it earlier when when comparison was just a thought, and I hadn't taken it in, but I let God in. And these are a few things that I I had to do to get my freedom from that. And so if you are taking notes this morning, I encourage you to just jot these thoughts down. Um, But after this, uh, I want to pray with people who are dealing with comparison, who who know and, and you would know if it is overtaking your life. I want to actually pray with you because I really believe that God wants to set people free this morning. Um, I- I felt it so strongly in worship that he wants to bring his healing. He wants to remind people of who they actually are in his eyes. And so we're going to open up this altar. And the thing is, we're family in here. You might be here for the first time today, but you've actually come into family. You may not have known that, but there you go. Um, And so this morning, when when I ask people to be real with yourself and we're going to open up this altar area, but I want you to just come and we're going to pray together. And God is going to bring deliverance. He's going to bring healing into your life. But these are some practical things you can do. You can take home from today so that comparison doesn't continue being a root in your life. So that was the first thing. To go back to the root. Um, uh, I guess... What happened for me was um, I had a two-year battle with this comparison, um, and so I had to go, when, when dealing with it, I had to go back two years to the very root of where that ca- comparison came from. Um, for King Saul, his root was that song, Saul killed, the, killed thousands of enemies, but David killed tens of thousands. For me, the root was a word from somebody I respected, um, And basically, it just, um, we were at church one Sunday in between services, and Nate had just preached a phenomenal message. Um, He's so gifted and anointed to preach, and it was just one of those really special mornings. Um, And so I was talking to this lady whom I admired, and, um, and basically, she was just like, oh, How good was Nate this morning? You know he's so fantastic. He's so good at this. You're okay. Like I mean, you're you're okay at this too. But he he is so special. And what do you do in those situations? (laughs) Like gee, thanks, lady. Though Um, (laughs) uh, I had a bit of a moment where I was like uh, abort abort. Like I just I want to get out of this conversation. But I I stood there and I was like, yeah, he's awesome. That guy Nate he's just so great, um, you know. Um, yeah, but but I basically yeah, he's awesome, and then just kind of made a run for it. Um, but that that comparison took me two years to deal with. Um, and so that overtook me and I started to think, um, it even started to yeah come out in my actions because um, I'd go into problems or issues or leading or pastoring and think, okay, what would Nate do? How would Nate handle this situation? I need to be more like him. Um, so what what would he do in this situation? And so it literally overtook the way I thought and the way I acted as well. Um, but I came to the realization that there's, there's no room on the this earth for more than one of us. There's no room for two nates. There's no room for two backs. Um, but we are all unique, and God wants us to be ourselves. He wants us to be the amazing person that He's created us to be, not a clone, not a copy of someone else. Um, and so I went back to that conversation. I just had time with God, and I was just sitting there in His presence. I was like, God, that conversation—that's what started it all. Um, and I had to go back and and just kind of, God, this is how it felt. This is what it led me to believe about myself. And so by going back there and experiencing the pain, yes, experiencing um, what it felt like in that moment, the rejection, everything that goes on, but going back there allowed God in to that situation. It was an invitation for God to come in and to speak to me, to heal me, to heal those hurts and get rid of that comparison. Another thing I had to do was repent. If you're taking notes, repentance is a massive deal. Because when we believe the lie, when we believe the comparison, when we believe something that is not the truth about who we are and don't believe the word of God that's a lie. And we've believed it. And so we've sinned. That is actually a form of sin. And so what I needed to do was I had to repent. I had to say, okay, God, I'm repenting from that, which just means, hey, this is the lie. This is what was spoken. I'm turning my back from it. I'm not believing it anymore. And God, I'm believing your truth. That's simply what repentance is. And so that's something that we need to do because repentance is a powerful declaration that you yourself need to make. No matter how many people pray with you, you yourself Need to confess it. Um, our confession is so, so important. And then the very last thing I had to do was take captive that thought, that thing that was said, and bring it into submission to Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about this um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Basically, we destroy lies. And yeah, we destroy lies, everything that's opposite to the truth in the Word of God. We destroy them by taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, what does that look like? It simply means, um, okay, God, what that person has said, it's, it's very similar to repentance. So you've turned your back on, on that lie, on that untruth, but you're saying, hey, God, I want you to deal with this. Jesus, I bring this to you. I'm not leaving it out in the open, floating somewhere in my mind, but Jesus, I'm bringing it into submission under your authority. And Jesus is powerful to destroy it. The, and coming to the end of my message now, the thing is that Jesus... Has overcome all sin. He is the ultimate power and authority that we can ever know for our lives. Um, the Bible talks about how Jesus, his mission here on earth, was to come to live a life, to teach us, to disciple us. Um, but then he would die on the cross, taking our sin, taking our shame, and everything that we deserved. And he would go to the grave with it. And so he died on the cross for our sin. Uh, but then three days later he rose again. And in his rising, in that coming back to life, we too, when we accept Jesus into our heart, we get to come back to life. We, What the Bible talks about, a reborn. We come back to life. Everything that was dead inside of us comes back to life because of Jesus in our life. So Jesus is the one that is conquered. He is the one that conquered that mindset for me, that that message that my heart was, was believing about myself, that comparison. He conquered it. He destroyed it. And And I'm speaking out in faith as well because I'm still walking out this healing process. But I'm believing that my God has destroyed it. He has overcome it. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.